This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, I'm Shelley Sokol. I am the co-founder of One Rockwell. We're a digital agency focused on e-commerce. What I love about online shopping and e-commerce is that you have the ability, brands have the ability to be intimate, engaging, experiential, flexible experiences for their consumer. It's authentic and it can be curated according to the brand. Shelly Sokol co-founded a leading e-commerce agency, One Rockwell, experienced in creative design and technical solutions for lifestyle, fashion, and beauty brands. From L'Oreal and Trish McAvoy to Farm Rio, Mark Cross, it's at the intersection of brand, business, and consumer, and lives by the belief that creativity powers commerce, growing a business and establishing an understanding of what clients need and how to get them there. Coming up, you'll hear why Shelley's strong background in fashion and online retail, including previously as creative director of accessories at Theory, where she oversaw the design, production, and launch of the brand's accessories collection, makes her an invaluable resource on all aspects of e-commerce, guiding clients on creative sales, merchandising, brand extension, marketing, and public relations. Plus, guidance she's offering during the current COVID-19 crisis. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. Recorded on location. Uh, Shelly, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here on Fashion Is Your Business. Thank you very much. Maybe let's get the elephant out of the room a little bit. Uh, we're going to circle back to more about what you do and uh, and the kind of work that you're involved with and what people can learn from that. Because you lead a, an e-commerce agency uh, that's experiencing creative design and technical solutions across lifestyle and fashion and beauty brands, everything from L'Oreal to uh, ABC Carpet and Home. It's a, you know, a nice wide range there. Uh, but every one of these companies is going through the same, some aspect of the same challenges right now with the COVID-19 pandem- pandemic. So let's just sort of take that and, and, and address that for a moment and we'll move on. What kind of messaging are you finding people, uh, brands and business leaders that you have to interface with right now are finding the most productive and useful given the work that you do? I think right now, you know, there was obviously the first couple of weeks was a little bit, uh, you know, the shock and awe and everybody reorganizing and, you know, starting to work remotely. I think that was easy for us to transition to simply because we, you know, being a digital agency, we can go remote very, very fast. We don't need to be within our office. So we instilled that pretty fast. As far as the support that we're getting, what I'm seeing, you know, I think ideally I thought originally everything would turn to e-com and it would be this place that, you know, businesses would refocus and reprioritize. I think now, unfortunately, we're seeing is the supply chain breaking down and the distribution centers and the warehouses. And a lot of the major players are shutting down their their fact, you know, their warehouses, their factories, um, and that is directly affecting, you know, our clients and our brands. 
what I am seeing, and I actually got a report today, is some of the brands that we work with that are really, their numbers look great, is beauty, lifestyle, skincare. Um, they're surfing this pretty nicely. They're also, um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of different ways that they're using, pr- they're, how they're promoting themselves or marketing themselves and supporting, you know, family-run businesses or talking to the heart of the, of the consumer. So, you know, I think, on, you know, we are, our, our DNA has always been in fashion, lifestyle, and beauty. We were primarily in fashion. We pivoted to beauty a couple of years ago, and it was an incredibly smart move. I probably have 14 beauty clients. So those clients are actually doing fairly well right now. I mean, I'm seeing that. I think that um, it's the brands that, you know, at this point, unfortunately, people are holding onto their cash. They want to see what's going to happen. They're not necessarily shopping for shoes and clothes and, you know, things that are non-essentials. So those companies, it's definitely going to be instrumental for them to get the messaging right and for people to start to get used to this new normal of basically being at home for an extended period of time. I think we will, and again, I think people are saving their money for essentials right now and they are, um, you know, anything to take care. It's it's really interesting, um, you know, how the phone hears us when we talk. Um, you know, I can't begin to tell you how many ads I'm getting for hair color. You know, it is, they're popping up like crazy. <laughs> I'm sure they're hearing my discussions with my mother and my sister. How are we going to do our roots? What are we going to do? And all of a sudden it just flooded my IG. You know, I'm just seeing one after the next hair color, hair color, hair color. And I think that it's, you know, listen, the instrument of data and, what information we provide to the brands that we work with um, or any brand is that they're mining all of this data. You know, I was thinking Google couldn't have asked for a more interesting testing ground to kind of understand, you know, consumers and how we purchase when we are locked up in our houses. So, or what we surf or what information we want. Um, so I think it's a, it's a really interesting time as far as the our brands, I mean, we have two types of business. We obviously design and build e-commerce sites and digital experiences, but we also manage their, their e-com stores, you know? And so, you know, my team is working around the clock in order to, you know, be that partner to our brands to ensure that whatever they need from a, you know, strategic standpoint, from a project management, from a technical standpoint, that we're there to support them as they go through this and navigate this. Um, I think the biggest struggles that e-commerce, which again, I, I remember I woke up on Sunday morning and I said, oh my God, this is going to get hit too. And it was a big, you know, wake up call, you know, and every facet of our life, like, you know, you can't get around having this conversation has been altered. And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who is a global creative director of the North Face and you know, she said, surf this for the next three to four months, get your brands just to perform at the best that they can. And on the outside, on the inside, the way we've ever done business will go, I mean, everything's going to go digital. It's the question of what's that, what's that makeup going to look like? Um, But it's time to be, I mean, I, I keep saying to my team, as much as we're struggling during this period of time, be innovative, think out of the box, because the way we did business, the way we functioned is gone. This is, we have to start thinking in a new way. So, you know, I think the brand, I think everybody, I think brands are just going to start reinventing themselves. It, 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 the past is the past, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take that experience, but it's going to be a whole new territory. It's going to force an evolution in a way 
No question. Uh, force and evolution that people may have been either scared to take on, didn't think that they should devote capital to taking on. It felt like too big a lift. Uh, we might lose customers. And either they're going to say, see, we told you it didn't work. Or we're going to say, wait, we're here. It's okay. Maybe we go further. Um, one of the big challenges right now might be, and I'm interested in your perspective on this, tell me I'm wrong, is you know, there's a certain portion of the buying public out there that just either resists e-commerce, isn't e-commerce literate, if you will, um, you know, prefers to shop brick and mortar, whatever it is, and now they can't. But they may still have things that they need to buy for whatever reason, whether it's now or, the, or they will. And even once retail stores are open, there's still going to be a lot of people at least are talking about the likelihood of there still being a, a, um, a some period of trust building again before people say, yeah, I know your store's open, but I'm not ready to set foot out yet. So the question really is, how are you, how are you thinking about and guiding brands to thinking about how you educate those people and and, and guide them and prepare them to utilize e-commerce now so that you can, because they have no, ch they may have no choice. So either they're just either so that it's not that they're not buying at all or that, or, or, you know, and, and maybe that they're light e-commerce users just barely when they really have to, but they don't dive in. How do you invite these people to say, Hey, you're here now. Let's help you have this good experience and bring you along. It's like even just now getting a stats of the of the brands that are succeeding right now during this time. It's that personalized message. It's that connecting. And I think that, you know, everything, every brand I work with, I'm always, you know, saying you're a million windows to the world, you know, and this is the first place, while you might be resistant to buy online, the first place people go to understand who you are and what you're about. And I think that people are going to be scared to go into brick and mortar. I think it's going to take a long time for that to, to that, that re-engagement. And, and brick and mortar had shifted so, so much anyways um, to much more experiential experiences that were kind of connected to your digital, obviously very connected to your digital. I think that, again, it's going to be those experiences online that are going to have to be incredibly personalized. They're going to have a lot of ethos. It's going to be value-driven. It's going to be how can I connect to this brand on a deep, level. Um, loyalty and purchasing um, is going to come from that conversation. It's going to come from that, what they, how they choose to communicate to their consumer, um, you know, with, a, with sensitivity, with product that's meaningful, with a brand that stands behind something. Um, I think that more and more, that's, I mean, that's what we always, and I, and I do it as an agency. How can I talk from a very considered place. And I think those brands that are talking from a considered place, just like, you know, I mean, right now you're seeing there is no spring release. It's everything's gone to 70% off, 60% off. Um, and, you know, it's the ones that I think are succeeding right now. And I'm seeing the numbers are the ones that are using their communication and their marketing um, language in a very strong, powerful, confident way. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty interesting thing. How, how, let, let's sort of finish with this thought because I don't want to make the entire time we have together be focused 
on what's happening, even though it's you're, you're pretty uniquely positioned to be discussing it in a way. Um, and, and that is, you know, how, what is your insight into being, being able to adjust your marketing and your messaging to fit these times without being perceived as being opportunistic? Uh, it's a careful balancing act. At least a lot of people seem to feel that way. I think the more revealing you are, you know, in your communication, these are rough times. This is, this is very difficult and we're all locked up in our homes and, you know, the product that I, you know, that I might be selling will be meaningful, will help you get it, get through. I think it really has to come down to being really transparent with your language, honest with your language, considered with your language. Um, These aren't times, you know, these are times to be revealing. I think that right now, the communication that's going to have to be not now and when we come out is revealing that this is tough time. You guys have been, we've all been through. There's not one, you know, there's not one continent that hasn't been affected by this. There's not one business that hasn't been affected, not one person that's not been affected. And if you talk from a transparent, real place, people will believe you. There's a, there's a stark difference between when you know language is opportunistic and not real and not authentic. And when you know when somebody says, wow, this has been really tough times. You know, this is, we've been trying to keep our business you know, together. We're struggling with shipping. We're struggling to meet our consumers. Saying I'm sorry. You know, I've seen a lot of marketing language right now where I see some of the big brands saying for the health of our, you know, our employees, we had to shut down our distribution center and stay with us. We'll be back. You know, we just need to reorganize. We need to, you know, put the, you know, rebuild. You know, when you talk about those stories of, you know, wow, we really, these last two weeks have been tough. We're starting to rebuild. We're starting to come back. We want to service you. We want to provide you with great, you know, with product that's meaningful for our new life. Then you're going to get consumers to believe you. If you come at it, you know, I, I don't think it can be just 60% 60% off, 70% off. You know, I think, yeah, people are always looking for a deal, but it's going to be those brands that talk from a considered place. Like I, I think about razors, you know? <laughs> you know, this is a great opportunity for some of those startup razor companies um, like Billy and, you know, some of the, sh- you know, even the, the ones from PNG, the Schick and all of those that, that have been around this is a great opportunity because everybody needs to, you know, women need to shave, men need to shave. We want to take care of ourselves during this time. We don't want to just all go to hell. Um, and these are good moments, you know, how without sounding opportunistic, but like, how can we help you take care of yourself while you're going through this? You know, everyone's talking about yoga and meditation, but you know, there's all these products also are important to your well-being and your feeling good about yourself during this period and staying strong of mind. It, it it could be a really interesting opportunity for, you know, some of these companies. All right. Thank you. Uh, coming up, you'll hear from Shelly about, uh, you know, she's been in business uh, for 10 years or One Rockwell has been in business for 10 years. She's a co-founder of One Rockwell. Um, what did she bring with her in her experience from theory uh, that's, Part, partly led to that uh, that success and uh, and what she learned along the way that she's now able to pass on to her clients to help their success right after this. 
Hi, I'm Mark Rako. Let's talk candidly for a moment. You have a company to run. You can't shake hands with your customers. Your employees now all work from home and virtually every part of your business has changed since yesterday. How do you deal with the impact on your organization? Manage a rapidly changing supply chain. Respond to the needs of clients and employees in crisis, all with an eye on the bottom line. In the COVID-19 business playbook, top experts from a variety of relevant fields call out the crucial plays you need to succeed in the face of this unanticipated crisis. Mouth Media Network's strategy update series is your go-to guide for moving forward, mitigating risk, and leading your business through to tomorrow in the face of whatever new normal arises. Strategy Update COVID-19 Business Playbook. Available wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So, uh, Shelly, uh, you're a co-founder of One Rock. Well, uh, you, you've hit the 10-year mark, which congratulations, considering only about 4% of companies out there like yours actually make it to that point. It's pretty, it's pretty exciting. Uh, and it, it, it has a lot to do with, you know, obviously the effectiveness of what you've been doing. Before that, uh, you were with uh, Theory as a creative director of accessories. Uh, you oversaw design, production, and launch of theories, accessories, collection, what kind of expertise have you applied to your work at One Rockwell as you guide clients on the creative side, everything from creative to public relations? Well, I think I want to add a little bit because, you know, my, my history is a little, you know, varied. Um, you know, I grew up, my dad was a CEO um, of what was at that time, the Sunshine Store called Birdine's. For 30 years. Um, and then he became the CEO of J. Crew. And then after that, he became the CEO of Barney's. My mom was an artist and photographer. And so I and very involved in nonprofit. Both of them have been very politically active. And so there was all these influences between fashion, retail, um, art. Um, and you know, I don't just think of it as what obviously I had this incredible experience working with Andrew Rosen at theory and getting this great opportunity to be, you know, the creative director of accessories and launch it for the very first time. We didn't have accessories at that stage. Um, And I had, you know, incredible mentors like, you know, for Lisi. I mean, I just, I was very blessed to work with some really smart business and creative people. Um, You know, Andrew was just an out of the box creative CEO who, you know, taught me a lot about always pushing, always thinking, you know, beyond and same with Pina. There was nothing that was ever, it was, there was never a wrong answer. You know, it's always just, you know, keep pushing the boundaries as far as you can go. Um, I also, interestingly enough, I used to work for, actually I was the executive director of the Ellie Wiesel Foundation. I worked for Ellie Wiesel, who was a Nobel Peace Prize winner. Um, I was based in Israel. And I basically set up after-school educational centers for Ethiopian children, working with the Ministry of Education and Culture um, in Israel. And, you know, I would say for me, it's a combination of both. It's the fact that obviously, yes, I've come from a fashion retail family, um, been around it forever, loved it forever. It's my DNA. I'm known to change outfits 10 times before I go out. I always dressed up. 
Um, and then there was this other side of me that was setting up these educational centers for children. And I think I learned in both of them a really incredible business acumen. Um, it comes naturally to me. I love it. I love, you know, even in these times of COVID, you know, it's a challenge. It's not easy. It's not, it's, it's hard, but you've got to, you know, I, these, every morning I wake up and I know that there's a challenge and a creative thought, that, and a creative solution I need to come up with. And I think that's, you know, when I'm working with the brands that we have, and, you know, we're so lucky. I mean, we have worked with just unbelievable brands, you know, from Mara Hoffman to, we just launched Alexis Batar, Mark Cross, White and Warren, um, a Brazilian brand named Farm Rio, Beauty, you know, I love working with Westman Atier, Gucci Westman, I just think she's incredible. Um, I think what we love the most, me and my partners, is that we love working with brands that are super serious about their digital business. You know, when we first started off 10 years ago, it was like the outlier. You know, it was, I always think of it as like a 360 like circle and digital was on the outside and nobody could, you know, where you, what you saw were a lot of these D to C brands move, could move much faster than the bigger conglomerates because they were set up to go digital first. Whereas a lot of the big brands that we were working with, um, their infrastructures were so heavy and hard to move. And it provided a lot of different challenges for them to be as nimble and as flexible and move. So we saw those were a lot more of the struggles. So like, well, you had these exciting new brands who were becoming, you know, going digital very fast with very strong messaging and very curated and very flexible and very personal you had these bigger brands saying, we know we got to go digital, we got to do this, but how do we bring this big elephant with us? Because technically it's very difficult. Um, and so, you know, I think it's not just the creative and branding solves that we had or that I was able to bring to the table because I have a creative background. It was really business solves, you know, it was technical solves. It was new ways of thinking about your business. It was data. It was, you know, it just, it touched every, you know, now every, pretty much every business we work with, thank God, are really focused on their digital experience and move to the center. So, you know, the paradigm has changed so dramatically. And obviously we've been able to, you know, capitalize on that and, you know, learn from it and grow. I, I always think the other thing I think about is my team, the exposure and experience they have had to so many different types of industries and verticals has given them, they can pivot so fast between beauty, fashion, startup, tech, home and interiors. Um, you know, while there's a common linkage, they are constantly challenged to think about these new industries and verticals. No question. I mean, you think about like beauty, fashion, and travel are all really just sisters of each other in a way they play very well together. There's a lot you can learn from the fashion industry in problem solving for a business that you could apply to the travel industry. And if you, if you're siloed, you silo your knowledge base in that industry, you, you miss out on the solutions another interest industry has applied. Um, so my question would be uh, sort of putting you on the spot, but what would you say is an industry that your team uh, may have learned something from or accessed ideas from that, was maybe the most surprising that like you wouldn't have imagined that that industry would have had that impact on you? You know, lately, to be quite honest, um, you know, we got a RFP from 
a pretty alternative sport. Um, I wouldn't say it's super alternative because it has a huge following, but very different than anything we would have ever wanted to do. Okay. Not wanted to do. I'm sorry. I would say something that we've never done and just wasn't um, on the roadmap. It wasn't on the roadmap, but I can tell you that every single person in my team from the creatives, they were dying to do it. And I'm, I'm not going to say what it is, but it's close to like wrestling, but it was, everybody wanted to do it because we look for excitement. We look for pivoting. I mean, I think that we can bring so much because we work in a very elevated, you know, industry and we bring that to the table. I, I think we want to see how we can apply that. And really, you know, when you talk about rebranding or you talk about repositioning or, you know, we have that acumen, we can do that for, you know, I, I mean, I would love to get into sports. I would love to get into other industries that are outside of fashion and beauty. While I love fashion and beauty, I, you know, I think that's what makes us different is that we're really open-minded to bring our expertise to industries that we would have never thought we would ever get into. Uh, I love to sort of take a moment and go through some different types of solutions for content here and see how you're reflecting on them in terms of uh, both your opinion and, and, and what you're finding your clients are responding to. So uh, let's start first uh, video content. Tell, tell me why that's exciting, not exciting going forward. I think video content is, you know, only in its infancy and it's only going to get bigger and stronger. And again, you know, going back to points that I've said before is that people are going to want to see something authentic and the, you know, video lends itself to that authenticity. It lends itself to the realness. It lends itself to be you know, super communicative um, in a personalized way about your brand. And I think we're just at the tipping point of how this is going to be utilized just also with native shopping, you know, coming around with in-store experiences, with um, coming out of COVID, I think it's going to be obviously a big, you know, focus um, because it's something that's easily produced and easily controlled and you can be incredibly creative with it. So I think that that's, you know, something that I think will be good. All right, let's pivot a little bit to augmented reality. Uh, really, maybe an extension of, I, I see an expression on your face, even though this is audio, I can, I, we're, we're seeing each other via video right now. Tell me why that reaction. Augmented reality. I don't have much to say on it. It's not, you know, it's not my, uh, ex, you know, it's not my expertise, I would say. Okay. Fair. The reason I asked you about it is you talked about the personalization aspect and, and video content, you know, right now, one of the things earlier in our conversation is talking about, uh, you know, e-commerce, but the fact that there's a certain portion of people out there that are used to and want to be in those brick and mortar stores, even maybe as a part of their e-commerce experience, you know, they go and they check things out in the brick and mortar store, and then they come back and then they think about it and they explore and then they order what they want or whatever it is, right? Or, or they shop e-commerce, then they go in the brick and mortar store and pick it. It's, it's connected. Um, the ability to allow people to shop those brick and mortar stores uh, through virtually it, it may become more and more necessary over time. Um, it, it, but also the personalization aspects of uh, augmented reality, you know, so for example, you see a poster 
in a subway platform for a brand, for a fashion brand, for whatever brand. And the ability to take your phone, put it on the poster and have that poster personalized for you in some way to bring up video content from that, let's say, that comes, is personalized for you, jumps out at you on your phone and interacts with that poster. Those types of ideas. I think that what's interesting about what you're saying is that, you know, we surf so much content right now. And, you know, you, you, it's coming at you constantly. I mean, even now with all the news, how do you surf through it? How do you find out what resonates with you? I think that going back to what you're saying about augmented reality and being able to serve that information up to you directly is going to be very strong and powerful simply because it's the brand coming directly to you in a very personalized way. They're going to understand your data. They understand what you're looking for. It's going to feel like a very... Um, directed, it, it, it kind of is targeted, mar- I mean, it, oh, in a sense it's targeted, it's using targeted marketing to the nth degree. So, you know, you're rather than looking around and um, surfing for, the brand is coming to you directly, serving you up exactly what you want. And I think we already see that with everything that's happened online and e-commerce, but it's going even that step further. Let's talk user-generated content. How do you think about UGC uh, as you talk with your clients? Is that uh, obviously in like a travel industry, UGC can be really huge. Um, arguably, it can be huge in fashion and beauty as well. Um, so, so how does that play into the strategy that that you work with with your clients? Um, User-generated be- content is so important. It's you know, it's a matter again. It's it's being creative with how you use it you know, how you target, how you, you know, speak to your consumer. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of brands out there, there are, it's like you said, travel. I think fashion, you know, there's a lot of fashion clients, you know, the Warby Parkers and the Bonobos. I mean, they're using this incredibly effectively, you know, the gloss using it incredibly, you know, I mean, it is, I, I think that you can't, move away from it. I think it's an incredibly powerful tool for each and every brand. It's a matter of how the marketing team utilizes that. Um, I, I think that, you know, it, I always say in digital marketing, you've got, a, you've got all these different levers to pull and you have to, you know, what's beautiful about digital marketing is that you have the ability to test something and quickly see the data and quickly see the result. So you can pivot and move. I think that user generated um, content is one of those tools that you can you can play with it, you can manipulate it, and you can see how it works for your brand, and then obviously tailor it accordingly. So I think it's an unbelievably incredible tool. And finally, audio content. Now you talked about the strength and promise of video content, um, but we are a mobile generation. We are a mobile society right now, and it's not every moment that people can be looking at their Instagram, even though they try. Uh, there and not every moment someone can be interacting in a meaningful way with video. Audio can be. We we certainly believe as a company, Mouth Media does that audio is very powerful and and one of the futures of content. But I'm interested to hear how, how, if at all, you're thinking about that uh, in the ways that y- your brand should be thinking about their uh, more global strategy. You know, it's funny. I invest in a company called Station Head. I don't know if you know about it. Um, so it is basically curated. You know, you become a curated radio host. Um, and I invested in that about two, three years ago. And I, you know, I think that the more 
I think audio content is as strong as video content. I think that they have to work, you know, part and parcel with each other. I think that, you know, it's really, I, I always say this is like, we have so much data out there and I'm being able to use the smartest levers that are right for your brand. I think you have to think what's right for your brand. You know, audio content, video content, it's pretty much a no brainer that, you know, your brands are going to start to resonate with this. I would say video content, because it's visual, is going to move very, very, very fast. I think that audio content has to be a little bit more specific for the specific type of brand and understanding how that consumer is going to relate to it. Um, but again, we're in a society now that we have the ability to test. We have the ability to see what resonates, you know, and quickly get data and quickly get results um, that can help us navigate what the next, you know, what we're going to iterate. I think like even now, you know, just seeing the beauty and lifestyle brands that performed and the skincare brands that performed in the last two weeks, the amount of information they've been under, able to understand in this crisis situation about their consumer and their purchasing habits and what messaging is working for them and what content they're providing is working for them. This is, this is immeasurable. I mean, this is unbelievable amount of information that they're gonna be able to utilize to navigate the new waters that we're in. No question. Um, thank you for that. Uh, all right, um, any um, final thought that you'd like to share in terms of you know the work that you're doing in terms of the con connectivity between creativity and business strategy, which I, I know is part of the intersection in which you work? You know, I was, thinking about, you know, just the lay of the land right now and, you know, staying the course of where, you know, that digital right now is, if you weren't on, if you weren't doing it seriously, you're going to be doing it seriously now. I think, you know, the next, as everyone starts to come out of this, um, no business can put this on the back burner that, you know, the, the, op the opportunity for obviously an agency like ours to support these type of businesses is going to be, I think, very, very strong. Um, it's going to, you know, I think that the way, unfortunately, unfortunately, I mean, everything is going to be focused on the screen, you know, that we're moving in that direction. People are going to, you know, as far as ex experiences in store, things were moving in a different direction. People weren't just going to shop at stores unless it was essential. They were going to have experiences. Um, be it, you know, exercise, spa-like experiences, um, beauty experiences, interactive experiences. So, you know, while those have all been shut down right now, you know, it'll be really interesting to see after all of this happens, what will happen with those type of, you know, um, new store concepts, let's say, you know, in the store concepts have already been shifting. They were taking, you know, they were sizing down. Macy's was sizing down. Everybody was moving into much smaller formats. So I think the smaller format is going to continue and be very, very strong moving forward. Um, and then it will be coupled with the focus that, you know, I think people are going to move most of their budget over to digital with the smaller format, basically, supporting it this may have been a forced evolution i think it was moving in that way 
but it was moving slower. I think the pace of which it will now move will move much faster. I think it was moving in that direction, no doubt. Yeah, um, that, that's very true. All right, uh, and how can people connect with you and the things that you're doing and the work with your agency? I feel very blessed. I mean, I have an unbelievable team. Um, I've, you know, we've been able to really put together a team of really thoughtful people that really work hard for the clients. They're, they're passionate about what we do. They're passionate about partnering. They're passionate about results. They're passionate about um, delivering a great product and being, you know, the partner to our brands. We, you know, we, the entire team sees, you know, the stats of how much the growth of our brands are doing. And that's what excites them because they feel that they're hand in hand working on their business trajectory and their, you know, roadmap. And I think that, you know, I'm, well, this is a very sad and difficult time. You know, I think the future holds a lot. And I think that, you know, obviously the game has changed forever. Um, and the way we've, we're communicating has changed, but you know, with that comes new opportunity and comes new ways of thinking and new ways of people engaging with each other. Very good. All right. And finally, uh, well, but how do people connect with you? How can they call you or, or follow you or, or, uh, well, can, get a chance to talk with you? They can find me on LinkedIn. That's usually my main communication Channel. Um, they can call our. They can call us at you know onerockwell.com. Um, yeah, I mean, there's. I love to hear from anybody. Great. All right, and last question. Uh, a little more on the human side. Looking at you as a person, what would you? What would if someone were to look? You've been around the block, and you're you're available if someone wants to Google you. What would the, if someone were to do an extensive Google search to figure out what Shelly SoCal is all about? What wouldn't they find on Google that would be pretty interesting to learn about you as a person? That I was a national diver. <laughs> wow, really? The, unpack that. <laughs> I think that that's really where I, I never stop at anything. I'm like incredibly, I never, I don't understand the word no. It just doesn't, it's not in my vocabulary. I was, you know, an athlete growing up. Um, I was third in the country in, when I was about 13 years old, I trained twice a day. Um, I dove, you know, on 10 meter, I used to dive with Greg Luganis. Um, it's, it, it was that discipline and that focus and that um, perseverance that I think doesn't always maybe come across. I think that um, I'm pretty relentless and, um, you know, I'm very, very hardworking. I, you know, I, I, I like to think of myself as, you know, a very um, empathic uh, business owner. And, you know, I really believe in anybody that comes and works with us. I want them to have a path for growth. I never want them to leave because they feel like they can't achieve their, you know, career goals with us. Um, I want, you know, I'm not just here for people to work with us. I want people to really learn and grow and be challenged. And, you know, I, as a, I would say one other thing I think I am, I am not a micromanager by any sense of the imagination. I always hire people that are smarter than me, get their blockers out of the way and let them do their job. Um, I, 
work, you know, my style is, you know, letting people, you know, provide the best ideas that they have and helping them implement it, you know, because, you know, my partners and I, we couldn't do this without the people that work with us, you know? Um, and that's what I think has been our biggest success. My team is my success, not me. You know, I'm probably just the most relentless person that keeps pushing the ball forward and looking for growth opportunities. But, um, you know, that little girl that used to get up on 10 meters and throw her body off, you know, <laughs> a 10 meter platform is still inside of me, you know, and I will jump off that 10 meters time and time again for my team and for the growth of the business and for my kids. <laughs> well, that's, that is, that is a wonder. And, you know, we hear so often about uh, people who are former athletes and what it's brought to their career and their lives. Uh, so thanks for sharing that. That was a great insight. So, all right. Well, uh, Shelly Sokol, of, uh, co-founder of One Rockwell, thank you very much for taking the time to join. It was really insightful, really great information, and a great view into the work that you do with your clients and, and how it's going to be important for brands as we go forward to, to be able to work with, with experts like you and your team. So uh, best of luck in staying well, staying healthy, and and continuing with your great run of success uh, during the COVID-19 time and beyond. Thank you. All right. That's it for this episode of Fashion Is Your Business. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Fashion Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.